0: An unmatched dual threat. Blue Light.
1: The Arizona Cardinals select Tyler Murray. And the 2019
0: Offensive Rookie of the Year is Kyle Murray.
1: This year's most valuable player, Lamar Jackson. for <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, welcome back to the Establish the Past podcast presented by Clutch Points and our friends over at Blue Wire. I'm your host, Blake Lovell. With me is my co-host, Dylan Reagan, and we're back here for um, the finale in our uh, 2020 NFL season previews. When it comes to the divisions, uh, we've been doing our projections for all these divisions. We haven't made our picks yet, but uh, this is kind of the appetizer to get you ready. Uh, for the main course uh, here over the next couple of weeks as we start to really put our predictions uh, on the table here and uh, tell you exactly how we think things are going to play out in the NFL this season. And naturally, we have decided to finish this series with the AFC South, the one and only um, long-time listeners of the podcast know that this is our favorite division in all of football, college, pro, high school. Pee-wee league it doesn't matter like the AFC South is the number one because of the absolute madness that comes along with it and uh, Dylan we're excited to be back to the AFC South uh, glad we got all those other divisions out of the way we don't care about those we're all here for one thing we are here for the AFC South yeah
0: I feel like we might eventually have to have a separate spin-off podcast just on this division <laughs> or we just make this one into it I mean it might work out at the, this point yeah. but yeah, our favorite division—the one we've been waiting this whole time to get to—I'm excited. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm a little worried. Some of the teams are getting a little too good. I like the, this division better yeah. when teams when when we're expecting teams to go eight and eight, nine and seven. Uh, you always, I feel like the the matchup that was the epitome of this division for so long, with those Jaguar Titan games It would be like six to three, oh. one game or a blowout. Now this year, I'm not really sure. Maybe the, the Texans, but they still have Deshaun. Are they going to fall into that into that <laughs> down where the Jaguars are still sitting? I, but yeah, overall, I mean. I think Deshaun's going to keep the Houston at least uh, somewhat in the mix, despite, as we've talked about in the past, and we'll, I'm sure we'll get into it, we're not exactly pleased with some of the personnel <laughs> moves they've made. Um, but the Colts and Titans, I feel like, have pretty pretty good expectations and for a good reason. And I think both those teams are going into the season feeling like they should win this division, even though Houston's won it for the last five years. And those, those two teams in particular haven't, going back, the, the Titans haven't won the division since 2008. The Colts last won it in 2014, so... Uh, it could be a changing of the guard here in 2020.
1: Yeah, I'd like to say that uh, every team in this division has that potential to go eight and eight, but we start with the Jaguars, who uh, probably don't have that potential to go eight and eight, in my opinion. Uh, maybe I'm wrong, but that kind of tells you where I'm at uh, with the Jags when it comes to the ceiling and the floor. Um, Dylan, I don't really know what we say about the Jags other than the fact that they have uh, one of my favorites in DJ Chart. You know, who became a Clutch Points fantasy football waiver wire hero last year. Um, I think I had him on the waiver wire pickups article every single week throughout the season, just trying to figure out why no one wanted this guy. Uh, he was fantastic. And now I-, I don't know what to expect from this team. They they obviously picked up some help on defense, drafting CJ Henderson and Caleb mm-hmm. on Jason. Um, both those guys, though, are going to have to step in and, and be fantastic right away. Um, you know, on offense <coughs> – I don't know what to expect from Gardner Minshew. And the problem is, if he doesn't play well, then they go to Mike Glennon. And no offense mm. to Mike Glennon, but uh, we've watched Hard Knocks. We've seen uh, you know his his trajectory throughout his career. I just don't think that's probably the, the scenario they want to be in in terms of their passing game. Running-wise, I mean, Leonard Fournette, I don't know. Uh, you know, he still, I think, put mm. up some some decent numbers, but it's just one of those where – I don't know. Like, does Leonard Fournette still want to be with the Jags? Like, it's just one of those things where it's like, I mean, I feel like this guy's probably in a situation where he would like to be winning more games. And, and I don't – there's just so many unknowns with this team. Um, Their defense isn't what it used to be. That was the thing that, you know, we always looked at when they were a win away from the Super Bowl not that long ago. It was because of their defense. I mean, they've got some good young mm-hmm. talent there, but it's not that defense like it was. The offense is just kind of there. I mean, I think you would easily say this is the fourth best offense in the division. Um, so I don't really know what he'd even put as a number for the Jaguars. I'll pick here in a second, but uh, this team has some some challenges.
0: Yeah, and I mean overall, uh, schedule wise too. I'm uh, going through right now. They don't have one of the easiest schedules based on their opponents this year. And even if they did, I, I don't know how much I believe in them. I feel like. You look at yeah, for all the reasons you just mentioned, you look at this team and they're clearly right now. I feel like the worst team in this division. How what that translates to win wise? I'm not sure if it matters. And I think we've kind of said this about Jacksonville previously in that like this year is not. You're not going for anything. You're going for progress. You're going for development. And seeing what you have with this rookie class, so many so many guys that are going to probably get playing time from this draft on the defensive side of the ball. They obviously have a ton of turnover from just a couple of years ago when they were a top-five defense and now finishing uh, all the way down to 29th in DVOA <laughs> last year. Uh, the offense not a whole lot better at 24th. Their passing offense finishing 22nd, uh, which is, I think, a, I mean, it's pretty crazy to think about what Gardner was able to do with a really, really bad offensive line that does not figure to be much better this year. Obviously, uh, uh, Minshew magic is part of it in terms of him being able to escape guys and make great plays, but you can only do that for so long. Uh, yeah, they're, they're standout guys, and guys we enjoy, like you mentioned, obviously, Chark being a, uh, a really reliable receiver. It's excited to see what uh, Chenault does, the rookie receiver they took in the second round, um, and overall how that's going to work there. But their offensive line does not figure to be much better. Andrew Norwell's paid really well, but he's he, PFF ranked them as the 17th best guard last year, not what you'd expect from the highest-paid guard in the NFL. The other other parts of the offensive line, guys that they've drafted with high picks have just not really, especially DeJuan Taylor in year one, did not really – live up to expectations. So I don't know what to believe in the offense. Gardner can pull out some, some things and make them at least not be one of the worst offenses in the total NFL. But yeah, in this division, they're definitely the worst and defense is a big work in progress. They'd have to get really huge contributions from guys off the bat um, for them to, to make it take a big step forward. And again, I just don't think this year, if you're a Jags fan, you got, it's just all about the rookie development. Yeah. It's about these guys getting the reps and, you're looking ahead to the next draft in future years. I'll put the uh, the wind uh, – I'll start with the ceiling <laughs> because I don't – the floor, I'm afraid, is going to be really low. The ceiling, I'll say six wins. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, six wins probably. Um, that might be tough to do, but um, I, I don't expect them to get there. But I, I'd probably – if I had to make an actual pick, I'd probably go 4-12. and 12, And I'll put as the as the floor all the way at 2, or if everything really – doesn't work out. I mean, this is just – they're in a uh, franchise in flux right now. I know I, you know, it's disappointing because they had so many years where they're building up and building up, and finally they almost make the Super Bowl just in 2017. And to be where they are now, it's it's kind of crazy because all the – yeah. I mean, once once Miles – I mean, they have still Miles Jack, obviously, and uh, for now Yannick Ngakwe. But if they trade Ngakwe, then it's basically just Miles Jack from that defense that was so dominant a few years ago. It's It's crazy how much turnover they've had.
1: Well, I'm going to go three to six. Um, I think yeah. that's that's probably where I'm headed. I'm going to say this, two things. They better get their wins early because early in the season, they played the Dolphins, the Bengals, and the Lions. So I'm looking at those three games thinking they need to win all three of those um, because the back, are they going to win a game past October? Here's my question. We're going to quickly run through this. At the Chargers, they're not going to be favorites in that one, but they could win that game maybe. Home against the Texans, nope. At the Packers, nope. Home against the Steelers, nope home against the Browns, maybe. I mean, it's the Browns, who knows <laughs> at the Vikings. Nope. Home against the Titans. Probably not at the Ravens. Nope. Home against the bears. Maybe, Uh, depending on talk about it. Yeah, uh, that could be a, that could be a game right there. And I don't necessarily <laughs> mean in a in a great way, depending on how these, cause again, we, we know the two things that have been talked about with both these teams is trying to get good quarterback play and their defense isn't what it used to be. So that could be a game. And then they're at the Colts. So I don't see a lot of wins in uh, pretty much the back half of that schedule, a little bit more than that. So they're going to have to pick up some wins early here. I I mean, it just, it could be a situation where they're on quite a streak, uh, maybe late in the season, but uh, again, they've got some young talent and it's just going to be, you know, it's about all of it coming together and, DJ Chark fantasy stock for me through the roof because they are going to be trailing in games and they have got <laughs> to have somebody to throw to and uh, I think he is the clear number one option uh, so uh, I'm I'm buying stock in DJ Chark uh, this year in fantasy so there is maybe a bright spot uh, for the Jags. All right, now we go to the Colts. Uh, Philip Rivers is quarterback there now in Indianapolis and uh, that gives the Colts. An interesting setup because um, we know how, you know, things started for him last season with Andrew Luck's retirement, you know, right, basically right before the season starts. But now you bring in Rivers, who, you know, I think it was probably time for a change with, with him and the Chargers, mm-hmm. and now you give him a little bit rejuvenated here uh, with a team that's got some good talent on offense. Uh, you've got T.Y. Hilton, when healthy's good, Michael Pittman's going to step in probably, play a pretty big role right away. Uh, Marlon Mack, I think he was one of those sort of undervalued running backs last year. They brought in Jonathan Taylor. The defense, they get DeForest Buckner joining the mix. Um, and, you know, it's just a lot of different things here mm-hmm. with the Colts that are appealing. Um, the offensive line is something that uh, I know, you know, we'll discuss a bit. But mm-hmm. overall, you know, the Colts do feel like one of those, <laughs> I guess, traditional. 8-8-esque Eight AFC South teams uh, in terms of I could see them doing that. I could probably see them, you know, at 9-7. and seven. I don't know necessarily that I would go to 10 for the Colts right now just because I don't know. Like, I don't know if I have that confidence, although I probably wouldn't go any higher than 10 if I did. Um, mm-hmm. I will say... You know, I don't expect them to lose though any less than probably like seven games. So I'm gonna say seven to ten for the Colts, and and I think it's maybe more seven and seven to nine, but I'll say seven to ten.
0: Yeah, I think I'm a bigger believer than you are in yeah. the Colts. Just, I mean, just a few couple of years ago uh, when they lost to the uh, Chiefs in the divisional round, everyone kind of talked about this young roster they had as them in Kansas City. And then maybe Baltimore, Baltimore wasn't regarded quite where they are after the 2019 season. But at that point, they were kind of talked about as the next two teams that had a chance to take the mantle and kind of own the conference moving forward. And then Andrew Luck retired. And last year, at, at times, was really up and down. I have talked previously about the defense kind of disappointing last year. You mentioned the, the guys they bring in DeForest Buckner. I, I can't uh, overstate uh, you know, his value on the Niners' defensive line and what he's going to be able to do for them. I think it's going you know, to immensely help them up front. They do have a lot of talented guys. Obviously, Darius Leonard gains a lot of headlines, and uh, maybe not the best season for him last year compared to his rookie year. I think he'll bounce back. You add Xavier Rhodes, and just overall, the secondary should be fine. But I I do think the offense is going to take a step forward. A large part, as you mentioned, the offensive line. They ranked third according to PFF's rankings last year. They're projected to be the number one offensive line in the NFL. That bodes well not only for the running backs, but for Phillip Rivers, who has never outside, or sorry, I should say not never, but. Going back to when LT was playing running back for the for the Chargers, yeah. and they had one of the best run blocking offensive lines in the NFL. They weren't necessarily a great uh, one of the best pass blocking lines at the time, but one of the better at run blocking ones. But for the last decade or so, Phillip Rivers has not had good offensive lines with the Chargers. Now you're you bring you're putting them in front of this line with you know maybe not the best receiving corps. I'm excited to see what Michael Pittman can contribute here. Obviously, we talk we'll talk more about Jonathan Taylor as we get to the. Uh, down to the breakout players, I'm sure at least one of us will pick him for that because he has a great opportunity to uh, fill in well for them. So just a lot of things in this offense where I think they're going to have a chance to be a top-10 offense, really, and and I don't think that's unreasonable. If if Rivers, I don't think he's really taking a huge step back. Um, A lot of the issues that I think we've seen with him in the past uh, can be partially uh, put in place with the offensive line. I think with this group, we're going to see him – with more time to throw, a lot of opportunities. I'm really excited to see what they look like. I'm maybe a little concerned because of the lack of time, as we mentioned, with all these teams with uh, uh, turnover on their rosters in terms yeah. of not being able to practice together as much. But I'm gonna, I'll say ceiling. I, I guess I'll put it one more. I'm not gonna say they're gonna be like you know competing for the number one seed or even the old number two buy, which would no longer be a buy, of course. But uh, I'll put it at 11 wins as their ceiling. I I think the defense has a chance to at least improve a bit, and if the offense uh, lives up to its potential, I think that's reasonable. They don't have an insanely tough schedule, at least based on last year's records. Um, So, yeah, I'll put it at 11. I'll put the floor – I'm basically just going to go one above you. I'll go with eight. I think they're good enough to win eight games at the very least. I mean, it's not really saying a whole lot considering (laughs) last year that they um, finished – what, seven and nine, I believe, so yeah, yeah. I think they have a shot here to at least, I mean, I might pick them to win the division, I haven't decided yet completely, I'm, as you know, uh, been on the Titans bandwagon with the the Ryan Tannehill bandwagon for a while, but Mm -hmm. I I do think the Colts are going to be a threat here at least, and uh, yeah, I'm a little higher on them, usually we're pretty on you know, Mm -hmm. I guess we're only one I'm only one game off in terms of our floor ceilings, but usually we're a little closer in terms of our expectations for a team, and Maybe this is one where I'm a little off in terms of being high on them, but I guess we'll see.
1: (laughs) Well, one thing I will say one advantage the Colts have for anybody who talks about Phillip Rivers, like he's been someone that's played a lot of games and you know, hasn't missed a lot of games, you know But as you get older, there could be injuries and such They keep sidelined One thing the Colts have going for them is they have an experienced backup quarterback And not everybody can say that So if they had to, let's say, turn to Jacoby Brissett I don't know how much that would actually change the expectations for them You know, unless he's basically playing the entire season So that's always, I mean, again, injuries mm-hmm. we know play a part And, and it's just something that, that comes along with territory We've already seen a lot of guys get injured And it's just something you have to think about, I think, with older players And um, so even in that case, like, like I feel like they are in good shape there and, and I think that's something to where you know we even saw some of those wide receivers we mentioned T.Y. Hilton his injury situation like even guys mm-hmm. like Zach Pascal you know Marcus Johnson like they weren't just completely through the roof or anything but like those guys weren't weren't bad like they actually stepped in they got some experience towards the end of the year so uh, you got Paris Campbell like there's a lot of different elements that, that are easy to like I think about mm-hmm. this offense. So, um, yeah, we'll see with the Colts. Uh, they're going to be a hard one for me. I can already tell you it's a place whenever we get to our predictions episode because I have no idea um, kind of where I think they're going to land at this point. But we'll see, I guess, where both of us put them in our predictions episode. But uh, before we get into the rest of the AFC South, I want to talk to you about their one. Uh From Tight Muscles, Tough Workout, Signs of Aging, to simply making it through each busy day. Everyone understands what it feels like to be tense and sore. And uh, even I can tell you that because Dylan and I had this conversation before we started recording. Um, so everyone can benefit from TheraOne CBD products started by Dr. Jason Their body exists to provide you with the best scientifically validated natural solutions to help soothe your body and relax your mind, it started with the revolutionary Theragun percussive therapy device. When Dr. Jason saw the benefits of using CBD in his treatments, he created TheraOne to bring you CBD products done right. A lot of CBD products claim organic, but still contain up to 30% filler, and these fillers are potentially toxic. But TheraOne tests their products four times before they get to you. Every product is USDA-certified organic, grown in the U.S., and their CBD extracts are the highest quality available anywhere. Use Thera one's warming lotion in your morning routine, the cooling lotion or massage oil to recover, the body balm for targeted relief, and the sleep tincture to drift into a deep night's sleep. And now, through Labor Day, how about this? Monday, September 7th, this is what it's going through. Thera one is offering our listeners a buy one, get one free for all TheraOne products, But you've got to go to Theragun.com slash BlueWire to get it. If you don't love what you get from TheraOne, send it back for a full refund within 30 days of purchase. This is not something that TheraOne is likely to do again. So buy one, get one free at Theragun.com slash BlueWire, but only until Labor Day. Go right now, Theragun.com slash BlueWire. All right, and then, of course, guys, we've got the NFL Sunday Ticket. Sundays are coming back in the NFL, and with NFLSundayTicket.tv, you can stream every live out-of-market NFL game every Sunday afternoon on your favorite devices, plus Red Zone and DirecTV Fantasy Zone channels are there. You never have to miss your favorite teams and favorite players. No matter where you live, NFLSundayTicket.tv is your key to the most glorious Sundays ever, just use the promo code BLUEWIRE at checkout to get 15% off your subscription. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use the promo code BLUEWIRE. All right, Dylan. Now we move to my favorite team, as we know. Um, or I guess <clears throat> if you're a Titans fan, the, the team that everyone thinks that I just I love to hate on, them, but I don't. But we know how that worked out mm-hmm. for me last year uh, because the Titans were one win away from the playoffs. Uh, or one way of the Super Bowl, excuse me. So that's where we are now with the Titans. They're trying to build off of that um, to where can they take that next step and get to the Super Bowl? I still think a lot of people, and I know people want to include me in this, but I think a lot of people thought that the Titans getting to the AFC title game was like a fluke or something. But you got to give them credit for what guys like Ryan Tannehill, Derrick Henry. I mean, the defense. Like the Titans ultimately became a team that really. I mean, look, I think anybody in that scenario against the Chiefs probably going to struggle. But, I mean, this team was good enough to get to the Super Bowl. And I think now, you know, you get a lot of those same players back. Uh, yes, they lost some, some players from that roster last season. Uh, but you get a lot of people back. And it's just something where, you know, it, there's really nothing, and I think we said this a lot last year, like there's nothing sexy about what the Titans do. Like they're just one of those, you know, kind of grinded out type of teams um, because, you know, we, we saw what Derrick Henry did, being the, the top rusher in the NFL. And now it's just basically, how do you respond? And I, I think the biggest thing I look at with this team, you know, the the wide receiver group, we saw A.J. Brown break out. Um, I think there's still some questions about Corey Davis um, in terms mm-hmm. of, can he kind of get to that A.J. Brown level that we saw, you know, A.J. Brown get to so quickly Can Derrick Henry have even close to the type of season he had last year? I would say, yes, he can. He's just a monster. Uh, Ryan Tannehill the same way. Like, it was one of those where I think everybody wants to see what the encore is for this team. But right now, I mean, based on who they have coming back – you know, you still have to put them right there, I think, at the top with the Colts and the Texans, maybe, uh, in terms of, okay, here are the expectations. Their expectation is to get back to the playoffs, uh, and they just seem like they have the roster to be able to do it. Yeah,
0: I'm excited to see what they do. I'm not worried about them falling back, and I know it's hard to really, it's not like they, they went nine and seven. It's not like they had some insane record, but with uh, Tannehill under under center. If you include the playoffs, they went 9-4. and four. The losses, I mean, obviously they lost to the Chiefs, but they beat the Chiefs in the regular season. They lose to the the Saints and the, the Texans. They lost to some good teams, and they beat teams they are supposed to. They only got better over time, and yeah, the offense finishing 6th in DVOA, I, I mean, we all knew they were good, but yep. I didn't, you know, that's uh, they were <laughs> legitimately one of the better offenses in the <laughs> NFL last year, and it mostly came with the production as the season went on. Now, I you know, they lose Jack Conklin. That, I do think, is going to have a to- take a toll on their uh, on their offensive line I know Isaiah Wilson they draft at the end of the first round there can he quickly fill in they have some other guys in play possibly I think they'll they'll play a role at least in the, in the passing game but running the ball I mean we we talked about with Todd earlier on the last podcast and um, a little bit I you know with Fournette we didn't mention as much but with the Jaguars I mean there's only so much you can do with that offensive line if this offense line does uh, kind of reel back a bit, they finished in the tops in the PFFs rankings last year. They're projected to be 15th this year. Uh, part of that, obviously, Conklin leaving. Roger Saffold already was kind of before he even went to the Titans was not the guy that he was for so many years with the Rams. Even if they do take a step back, Derrick Henry, number one in the NFL in expected yards per carry uh, above what he's supposed to get, it just it's not he's not the it's not just their offensive line and a lot of times people will criticize guys like oh he's just doing it he's running through wide open holes Derrick Henry is consistently getting extra <laughs> yards even when he's not having those crazy 85 yard runs where you just see uh, all the mass of him going so fast he's still just on on carry to carry he's p- plowing through guys getting extra yards it's there's a reason every time they got inside the five you're like oh they're going to score a touchdown because yeah. you know, if you give Derrick Henry the ball four times he's going to find the end zone <laughs> so I mean, that's a huge part of it. That sets up so much for Tannehill. He fits in perfectly with what they wanted to do last year on offense. Kilden, you know, obviously Arthur Smith did a great job and deserves a lot of credit. But I thought Tannehill went back, as I've talked about, when they, even when they, just going back to before last season, I thought it was a huge uh, upside for him uh, having a chance to revitalize what he did in Miami for the 2016 season before that injury. He's had so many injuries and excited for him to finally get that, you know, contract here. I do have concern though behind him. Looking at the depth chart, um, I don't know how much <laughs> how confident I am in Logan Woodside and Cole McDonald. So uh, they well, really better hope. and they just signed
1: the uh, Trevor Simeon today. So uh, there you even, go,
0: even better, right? So, so. <laughs> that's that's the one part of this offense where I do think, yeah, even if the offense line's a little worse, I still think they're going to be in that top ten gauge. The defense now, uh, we talked about last year, the secondary was not fantastic. They had one of the better run defenses, ninth in DVOA in the 20s and past DVOA, Christian Fulton, I don't know how quickly he's going to, you know, be a a really big part of that secondary, but that is the reason why for me, yeah, right now we'll talk about the Texans and I'm still a little more uncertain on them where I really stand uh, just because of the Deshaun Deshaun Watson factor. But right now, uh, yeah, Titans and Colts both have so much going for them. I, I still don't know if I would put the Titans with anything more than that 11 win range have been winning a couple more games than last year I mean they're certainly on that trajectory with Tannehill under center a season ago so I'll say ceiling 11 wins and probably floor around the exact same maybe one more than the Colts I'll put it at eight maybe I should be put it at seven to be careful because there's just so much variability in this division with the Titans with uh this historically uh, you know and then if I had seven to eleven, then you got that nine and seven season. They just perpetually are. It seems like, even though no know how good they are, but I, I I figure they should expect to be a playoff team. And uh, just the defense is, I think, at the end of the day, the offense is still going to be pretty good. The defense needs to take a step if they're going to take that next leap and try to be on the. You know, they're not going to probably be on the level of the Ravens and Chiefs, but if they can take a step forward, they'll have a better chance of going through both of them. They're more likely to They need to get lucky and hope one of them loses before they have to face him. Hopefully, for their sake, they don't have to face one of them in the playoffs. They do have the capability, though. I mean, they did beat the Chiefs and the Ravens last year, even though they lost to Kansas City in the playoffs. They beat the two best teams in, the, in games last year. So, I mean, they they have every reason uh, for Titans fans to be excited. And uh, just hopefully they can stay healthy on the offensive line and with uh, Tannehill Hill there.
1: Here you go. Floor. Nine ceiling nine. There you go. Nine and seven <laughs> for a fifth straight year. I mean, really, what other choices there? Uh, um, no, I I don't think that's gonna happen. But you know what? I probably said that the past might. four seasons too. <laughs> um, I'll I'll go. I'll, I'll be somewhat like you. I'll go seven to. <sighs> I'll go seven to eleven. I'm gonna give them one more than the Colts just because I think it's I, I, I don't know. Right now like I'm I'm struggling to make my pick for this division. Um yeah. but I'm gonna to go seven to eleven and give myself a little more wiggle room in terms of uh having another option there. Uh, to potentially go with the Titans. But I'm with you. I think it's just, you know, who knows? And I, it's just one of those where, again, they went 9-7 and seven last year and almost made the Super Bowl. So um, it's just, I don't know. And that's the thing. Like, if they had a Jacoby Brissett, um, that would be make you a little mm-hmm. bit more confident in case Ryan Tannehill yep. maybe takes a step back. Uh, but they don't. And, you know, their schedule's not easy either. I think that first game, against the Broncos, is a long season, but – That first game against the Broncos, our our upstart Broncos, um, that's going to tell us something because I I think that's a a tricky opening game, and their schedule doesn't get very, you know, much easier from there. Um, Really, really, there's not a lot of easy games on their schedule at all. So Mm -hmm. um, that's, that's something else to keep in mind with. When you look at the Titans. So uh, now we go to the Texans, um, a team that we have just seemingly been bashing all off season about some of the moves they've made. They trade away their best uh, wide receiver. Uh, Deshaun Watson is just sitting there trying to figure out what's going on. And I think all of us are in terms of uh, what are we, what do we really expect uh, from the Texans? Because our, you know, Brandon cooks, will fuller, Fuller, Randall Cobb, Kenny steals, Kiki QT, Is that enough to kind of overcome what DeAndre Hopkins brought to the table? I know some people said, well, Texas offense actually could be better without him. I will tell you right now that I am someone who does not think that at all. Um, I think that is just a load of bull because I don't see them being better without a star wide receiver. And then at running back, David Johnson, he's had the injuries. Can he really step up and him and Duke Johnson be – two guys that can take some of the load off Deshaun of Watson. I have a question about that, too. And the defense, we've said it, Dylan, defense, mm-hmm. like these other teams, they're not what they used to be. And and so I will tell you this, I'm having a tough time picking between the Texans, or excuse me, the Titans and the Colts. I am not putting the Texans in that category right now. I think they are the third best team in this division. Um, I would like to be proved wrong because I would love to see their offense kind of take that next step, their defense maybe take a step back towards being really good. But I just I don't see it right now with them, and so I think you know what is their ceiling, what is their floor? Um, man, like the thing is, is even if I don't see them in that same range with the with the Titans or the Colts, which again that they're not that far off, but I don't like I'm gonna say, uh, like I don't know if I want to go six as the as the floor. I don't know if that's too low, but at the same time, you know I could. I could see it maybe. Um, yeah. because look, their their schedule's not easy either, right? Because of where they yeah. finish. So we have to keep that in mind. Um they gotta play at Kansas City. They've got the Packers, Vikings, like Cowboys, Ravens, like Steelers, they got a lot of good competition on there. I'm gonna say six to nine is what I'm gonna go with for the Texans.
0: Yeah, I'm they're one of the teams I'm the least sure about where to put this place this at and the big reason is Deshaun Watson. He's the equalizing factor. He's the reason that last year I think I, I believe you I think one of us picked them to win the division still last year, um, and that was the, the big reason why. Is just like even though we weren't happy with a lot of the decisions, we, we did not believe in the defense. We're like this guy's legitimately one of the you know top five six QBs in the NFL in a perfect situation. He's gonna probably have better numbers than he does in Houston. Now their offensive line did improve uh, last year, just trying to get back to being mediocre. Um, they went from, for so many years, <laughs> the first few years of Deshaun's career, finishing in the in the 20s in PFS rankings, they finished 20th last year. So they, they kind of took a step up. Um, but still, one of the worst run-blocking teams in the NFL, which does not – I mean, they do, they rely so much on Deshaun, but, yeah, he doesn't have a top two, three receiver in the NFL And DeAndre Hopkins. Yes, they're – like, the names that you look at, like, those guys are all solid. Like, Brandon Cook's still a solid receiver. Will Fuller solid. Kenny's still solid. But, like, there's not – that one guy that, like, with the offensive line completely falters and, and he's, he has to roll out and someone's going to just be that difference maker, I, I'm curious to see how it works. I, I still think they'll be fine on offense because of Deshaun's ability. Hopefully he stays healthy. But, yeah, run blocking-wise, and that's a, a big concern. And I mean, last year it, it's funny because uh, they got Carlos Hyde and we weren't sure what they are going to do. Now he's on Seattle. But last year he finished in the same stat I mentioned for Derrick Henry. He was eighth in, in terms of expected yards above yeah. – Above what he was supposed to do, they were the second worst team in the NFL in terms of run blocking. They only before the, taking not taking into account the talent of the running back, they're only expected to get 3.6 yards per carry, which second worst in the NFL. And he, yeah, he did a great job. Carlos Hyde. Now, uh, obviously, David Johnson at certain points in his career has been really dominant. Those years are. It's been a few years since, and a lot of injuries since, and. Duke Johnson, we, you know, they got him. We are like, all right, are, are they going to be passing him the ball a lot? They, they, they tried to a bit, but uh, old habits die hard, and Bill O'Brien <laughs> still does not throw to the running back as, say, as much as he should.
1: Everyone is still in Bill O'Brien's offense. That's the yep. equalizer here. So. <laughs> yep, so that's
0: the offense. So you're like, all right, what? how good can this team be? Like, are they really going to be, be- – I, I would not bet on them being better than last year, and they were 16th in DVOA. Yeah. And then, yeah, the defense, 26th last year. Secondary, twenty sixth in DVOA, twenty second in run defense. They uh, and then obviously they've traded so much draft capital, so they get you know a little bit back, I guess. Kind of in that DeAndre Hopkins deal, they, they get Ross Blacklock, hoping he can help them on the run defense side. But they don't really address the secondary that well. They got a fourth round pick, and John Reed. will see how <laughs> quickly they expect him to contribute. But yeah, man, I the defense is the main the main factor. They are probably going to be a bottom five six defense. They they get the benefit, yeah, of playing Jacksonville. But as you mentioned, schedule wise, eighth toughest schedule based on last year's records. They get the, because of the uh, winning the division, they get all those number one matchups against the the division winners across the AFC. And uh, obviously, the NFC North, as we've talked about, is while we're not positive how good all those teams are, they're all pretty solid enough. They all have good things going for them, especially the Vikings and Packers, both going to be tough teams. They do get both of those games at home, which could help so maybe that'll push me to a uh, ceiling of oh gosh i'm going to say i'll do it but I, <laughs> I feel like i can't go winning record um it, it's again it's Deshaun Watson he Deshaun's so amazing and i just feel so bad that he's this is what he's going to have to go through right now this year
1: yeah
0: um so but just because of his immense talent i'll will say 8 i just the defense is so bad i'll put it up. if if everything really falls apart i'll put it at four wins wow four.
1: Look at that. Four. I must be the (laughs) ultimate (laughs) optimist here. I said six to nine. You got four to eight. Wow. Okay. Um, No, I. I, I'll take them to the division. Yeah, I was going to say this is the AFC South. Remember, all bets are off the table when it comes to uh, what actually happens here. But um, that that just shows Mm -hmm. you like, that's the range we have in this division with all these teams because it's just. I don't know. Like we've but honestly I blame the Jags. Like they're the ones who started this. They almost got <laughs> to the Super Bowl. One went away. Like should have beat the Patriots. Some people thought they should have beat the Patriots. And like they are now one of the worst teams in the NFL, not even what, four years later? Um so maybe we just blame the I feel like they they have been a part of this chaos. And then of course you got the Titans who have won nine games every year since the Clinton administration <laughs> and it's just like I think there's so many things for this division. That's why we love it. It's just so wacky, so wild. Um, it was, that, you know. We were so close to having the AFC
0: South teams both in the championship game last year, too. Yeah. If, it, if the Texans don't blow a 24 <laughs> 0 lead, this, our, our division is the one deciding who goes to the Super Bowl for the AFC. It's just wild. Um,
1: we were rooting for that. I think everybody's looking <laughs> ahead and thinking, oh my gosh, like, this is, like, it would have been great for our podcast. But, um, of course, you Both teams had to kind of sit there and and do what they did. So uh, Patrick Mahomes, just uh, not a big fan of uh, the the, uh, AFC South, that's for sure. So, all right, that brings us to we wrap up here with our our awards as usual. Um, We go to first our breakout player, then we'll pick our division MVP. The breakout player one, um, to be honest, I thought this one would be a little bit harder, um, but I looked around at all the rosters and I said, you know what, it's really not that hard when I look at it uh, because – Really, you know, I think the the easy choice for me is going to be Jonathan Taylor, uh, with the Colts, mm-hmm. because you know they're they've got Phillip Rivers now. We know, but I think they're going to have a nice. One two attack there with with Jonathan Taylor and Marlon Mack. Mack's probably still going to get you would think a pretty good you know majority of the carries, mm-hmm. but he did miss some time last year with injuries too, and and that's something you have to keep in mind. Of course, with running backs, we know, um, and it just this isn't the uh, the days where you had guys just you know carrying it 350 times or anything like that. Yeah. Like Derrick Henry, maybe uh, Christian McCaffrey, he'll probably have eight thousand touches, but um, you know it's just not the the norm. And so I, I think the Colts will probably lead on both of them because Taylor's really good. And I think having both those guys have probably help take some of that pressure off of Rivers uh, in the passing game.
0: Yeah, that's a good pick. I, you know, I was thinking about doing the same, but for the sake of being different, I'll go with the guy that I know we talked about possibly, uh, you mentioned as well, a guy you thought about. Um, and, you know, I think it, there's a chance that CJ Henderson is going to in that off defense. We talk about uh, If your Jags fan wanting, to see the progress or see the, the rookies kind of in their first year uh, make an impact and see the, the progress looking forward to 2021. Uh, obviously you lose uh, or you trade away Jalen Ramsey and obviously the AJ Boya deal and just all these things where they've really had this turnover. And now you look at them and uh, they're going to, I don't know how much teams are going to have to pass on them because they're probably going to have leads and be running late. But I think CJ Henderson he's going to be assigned to every top receiver against every opponent off the bat. It's going to be a huge challenge for him, but I think he's up for the task. So I'll go with him. And, you know, it would have to be, I don't know if he's going to have like the crazy stats. So obviously we talk about interceptions are pretty uh, fluid year to year, you can be dominant and have a ton of picks, but we'll see what his coverage rate is at the end of the year. I, I do think I was happy with that pick for their sake. Um, a guy that we looked at as one of the best corners in the draft. So, i uh, excited to see what he does. The other other one on the Colts outside of Taylor, I do think Taylor's probably the, the most safe and uh, really the choice I may have made if you had picked him. Um, I do think Pittman, Michael Pittman, will have a decent chance to have a solid role quickly in the, in the Colts offense. Even Paris Campbell uh, uh, coming into his second year, you could see him having that role. I think some second receiver on the Colts. Is going to have somewhat of a breakout year. Will that be above what Jonathan Taylor do? What we see from C.J. Henderson? I uh, will have to wait and see on that, though.
1: Yep, that's um, you know, I don't know. I think there's probably lots of options when it comes to these, just because, like we said, there's such a wide variety in terms of uh, the possible outcomes here. Um, so I, yeah, it's it's an interesting division, man. We know that. So that leads us to our, our division MVP, and here this is like this should tell you all you need to know because I am going to pick Deshaun Watson as my division MVP. But, like, as I just said, like I don't see this team finishing probably above third in the division. So um, it's just, you know, he's the best player. Um, he's, he's just the guy that I think makes everything go. I don't know if Titans fans are going to hear this saying, Derek Henry just won, won the rushing title last year. How are we not giving it to them? If we think the Titans are going to be the best team in the division, how are we not giving it to this guy? I just, you know, I can't overlook what Deshaun Watson does. And I think, Dylan, the points you're going to make to this is if we're talking about the guy that is the most valuable player to mm-hmm. his team, it is far and away to me, Deshaun Watson, because uh, I just, if they did not have Deshaun Watson on the field, like the Texans, I do two games, I don't know, right? So,
0: yeah, no, I, I, I was going to possibly go somewhere else. I know when we talked before we recorded, but yeah, when I started thinking about that exact fact, in terms of yeah, for the baseball reference, the wins above replacement, the WAR, like I don't think Deshaun Watson in, in this division is there a guy that's going to probably have as high of a of a WAR as Deshaun Watson. Like you look at obviously you mentioned Derrick Henry, but it's, it's the same way that uh, it's tough to rack up a lot of WAR for outfielders because of the collective talent there. Um, I, it's just yes, yeah, he's he's easily the best running back in this division. I just talked about how even when the offensive line isn't fantastic, he still dominates. But I think yeah, Deshaun Watson is worth so many. Wins and like the difference between him and a replacement level NFL quarterback is it's it's really massive. I, I think yeah the Titans we talked I said if they don't have Tannehill it is going to be a big problem, but I don't think they really have replacement level backup QBs right now. Yeah. So that's part of it. Um, I I think their roster overall is better around him. I. You know Gardner Minshew probably does add some uh, help to if, if we have to see Glennon in there or Joshua Dobbs. I'm not sure Jacksonville's can even meet my minimum for of two wins. So uh, <laughs> you can think about that, but I think Deshaun is definitely the guy that has. He's just the most. I mean, he's one of the best five six again quarterbacks in the NFL. It's hard for me to, uh, for all these awards. We've mostly been really quarterback focused. It's hard for me to say a guy that good that is clearly the best quarterback in this division isn't going to be the most valuable player in terms of being the difference between the their Texans either, you know, being really bad or possibly getting a wild card berth. Even the division title, if everyone stays 8-8, eight 9-7, eight, like they always seem to do in this division. Well, time.
1: we'll see. We'll see if we have all four AFC South teams in our playoff picks. Uh, spoiler <laughs> alert, I don't think we're going to. But um, that is our dream. That is our hope. And uh, that is our AFC South. There you go. There's a slogan we're going we're gonna to tag onto everything uh, here moving forward. But that does wrap up. Uh, our look at the AFC South. And, of course, it wraps up uh, our 2020. 2020- NFL season previews for the divisions. Uh, again, we've still got a lot more to come in terms of making our picks uh, for the season. We've got some fantasy football stuff on the way. Uh, Dylan, already have a lot of fantasy football stuff uh, over on the side, of course. We're, we're previewing the season, not just fantasy, all kinds of stuff, news, everything going on. Hard to believe that uh, the NFL season is this close now. Uh, but, uh, hey, with Madden coming out next week, that's when you know. And uh, I, am, I am geared up. And ready uh, to play the Bill O'Brien offense with the Texans uh, on Madden. Yeah, usually at
0: this point we've had training camps for so long. You're so ingrained with knowing the season's back. You've seen a couple preseason games. It does. It's creeping up. And but then you look at the date and you're like, wow. Like even this year, the the first game on September 10th. That's kind of late yeah. for a for a start time, but. Yeah. So for all of our fantasy content, as Blake mentioned, have a lot more in the works. Uh, got some stuff up this week. We'll have a lot more of the coming weeks uh, to help you with your fantasy drafts. You can go to coachpoints.com, search fantasy football on the website, and all of that content will be found there. You Can read all of our NFL content, all the news, all the updates, everything like that. On the on the app, as well as the website, in the app, all the games will be in there as well. Once they start, you can follow the NBA playoffs, and there'll be regular season, which is basically like one long playoff with only 60 games. All <laughs> yeah. those can be followed in the app, all of our written content, the podcast can be found in the app, on the website. So, yeah, a lot of good stuff, and yeah, excited. We still have our fantasy primer we'll get to, either I'm sure, either next week, maybe the week after, we'll see. And then, yeah, we still have the division preview, so... Uh, lots of uh, still still a few weeks. It, it feels like yeah, we we got through all these previews for each division, but we uh, still a lot of time. Uh, still got like three weeks till the first game. We uh, got some uh, ideas we got to come up with for these episodes coming up.
1: Yep, we do for sure. Um, so uh, we'll we'll think of something. Look, we we always do, and uh, we'll have some exciting stuff on the way. I'm sure it'll have something to do with predictions because we know how much we love predictions. So uh, we'll have a lot of those coming here. And, yeah, check all that stuff out at Clutch Points. Uh, Everything there. And uh, be sure to subscribe to the podcast. Of course, any podcast app you use, just search for it on there and subscribe for free. Uh, And thank you, uh, guys, as always. Uh, Thanks, as always, to the fine folks uh, at Blue Wire uh, for all that they do. And, again, thank you guys for listening. And we will talk to you guys next time here on the Establish the Past podcast. And we have to tell you about our friends over at Bet Online. Sports are coming back. They're already back. And so uh, your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events all over at Bet Online. Major League Baseball back in action. No better place to start wagering than our exclusive partners, Bet Online. You can check out all the odds, futures, and props to bet on, all available 24 7. And with the return of sports, uh, Bet Online sat down with former pro players Eddie George, Harold Reynolds and seven-time NBA champ Robert Ory. You can see what they had to say on what it would be like playing without fans in a series they're calling Fandemic. Visit betonline.ag for all your odds and up-to-date sports news. Remember, use the promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus. That's promo code BLUEWIRE, all one word. Uh, BetOnline, your online wagering experts.